Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Man, he is a great God. Genesis this morning, chapter 37. And give honor to all of you. Um, all the men today would like you to come out and be a part of the work day on March the 19th. Come out and help us get some work done on the church. Somebody say amen. Genesis 37, we'll start reading at verse 1. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob, Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Little brother was a tattletale. Little brother's always a tattletale. And all the older brothers said, (laughs) that's funny right there. He was the informer. Amen. Mom and dad need an informer, don't they? We were talking the other night, Brother Den, about... He he said, just wait. When your kids get older, they'll start talking about things that they've done. And you'll be like, when was this? You've had that happen, haven't you? And we're like, oh, you didn't know about that. Okay. Okay. Some of us just need to purge our souls. Amen. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. Because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all of his brethren. They hated him. And could not speak peaceably unto him. But, read verse 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it his brethren. And they hated him yet the more. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. And and he dreamed a dream. And he dreamed a dream. Why don't you say that with me? 
And he dreamed a dream. Amen. Why don't you lay your Bibles down? Lift your hands to the Lord. Just ask him to speak to you right now, Lord, just you and him. God, I'm here today for you, Lord. I didn't come for any other reason, Lord. God, I didn't come just to check the box and say that I've been to church this week, Lord. I've come here today because I need, I need a word for my life, Lord. I need you to speak to my life. I, I need you to move in my life, God. I got some circumstances. Come on, pray to him right now. I need you to, I need you to work on my heart, God. Place your hands up on my heart right now, God. And begin to do a work, Lord, in my life. Do a work, God, on my mind. Do a work, Lord, I pray, on my family, Lord. Do a work, God, I pray, in my community, Lord, in my city. Begin to do a work, Lord. God, I pray that you would not let up and that you would not quit until it's finished, God. You are the author and you are the finisher of my faith, Lord. I place myself in your hands this morning. I pray that you would do what needs to be done, God. I trust you to say what needs to be said, Lord. Give me the eyes to see and the ears to hear and a heart that will be receptive and understanding of your word. I pray this morning, God, that you would speak clearly today. Let there be a clear, distinct sound in the spirit today, God. Uh, increase our faith, Lord. Take us beyond ourselves today and we'll give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Microphone's already wet. Praise the Lord. And he dreamed a dream. Reading the first couple verses of this chapter, you get a little bit of an understanding of the family dynamics that was taking place in the household of Jacob. Amen. We all, uh, most of us know the story uh, of Jacob, uh, how that uh, the family dynamics between he and his brother Esau uh, were not the best. Amen. Jacob and Esau, how many know that Jacob stole the, the blessing from Esau? Excuse me. And so uh, there was a, a struggle that went on between he and his twin brother Esau for the blessing of the father. Amen. It was uh, uh, the blessing of the father was a representation of the blessing from God. Amen. That, that the, the father would speak over the firstborn son. Uh, all of his sons really. And he would command a blessing over their life. Amen. And a lot of times. And if you, if you read through the Bible. You'll see how prophetic that the words that the father spoke over the children, uh, how prophetic they were. Amen. There was, a, there was a prophetic connotation behind the words that they spoke. If you go through the, the, the words that Jacob speaks over all of his 12 sons, amen, you'll see and you trail down the lives of all of the sons of Jacob, you'll see how prophetic the words that he spoke 
over their lives were. Come on. Amen. The Father spoke the Word over their life, and then the Word came to pass in their world. Amen. It was a, uh, it, it was a, a, a sign, a shadow, a type of, you know, when we get close to the Father, and the Father begins to speak into our life, it tells us things about ourselves and about our future that we don't know. Come on. It tells us things about, about where God wants to take us and what He wants to do in our lives, and maybe things that we may encounter. I'm thankful for the Word of God in my life. Amen. I'm thankful for the times that God has pointed me out and spoken to me specifically about my future because had he not done so, I would not be standing here today. Amen. How many know that the word that God speaks over our lives, it is the purpose of God. Come on. It is an eternal word from the Lord. Amen. It doesn't die when we die off from this earth. It goes with us into eternity. It's, it's who we are purposed to be with God in eternity. Somebody say amen. Amen. So, so Joseph was close to daddy. Okay. Joseph was the favorite. Amen. He was daddy's favorite. He, he was close to the father. All right. He was close to his heart. Closer than the rest of his brothers. All right. Uh, his older brothers, uh, they would go out, feed the sheep, do things they're not supposed to do. And Joseph would go spy on them. And he would go back and tell daddy on them. Amen. And you know when, when, when younger brother tells daddy on you that there's trouble coming your way. Amen. There's some consequences. There's some correction. Amen. There's uh, uh, maybe... The, the reason that you're getting corrected all the time is because there's somebody in the house seeing what you're doing and they're telling the Lord on you. Come on, somebody. Amen. Uh, Joseph was daddy's favorite. Joseph was close to dad. He was, he, he was, he was close to his father. He, he spent a lot of time with him. He developed a relationship with him. Amen. And in doing so, uh, the father, he, he gained favor with the father. Amen. I believe that, that, that God is no respecter of persons. Amen. God is no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of family names. He's no respecter of your socioeconomic status. He's no respecter because you're a certain race or not a certain race or a certain uh, 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 gender or not a certain gender. Come on. He's, he's, a, he's no respecter of just males or just females. Amen. That God is not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of principle. And if you choose God and you draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to you. If you set aside time and you want to know what God has to say about your life, uh, he'll whisper in your ear. Come on. He'll speak hope to your life. Uh, he'll break chains in your world. He'll break strongholds. Uh, he'll set you free. He'll, he'll save you. Come on. He'll deliver you. He will lift you up and give you a life worth living. God is no respecter of persons. Elbow your neighbor and say, he loves me too. He gained the, the favor of dad. Amen. He gained the favor of the father. And, 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 and Jacob made him a coat. A coat of many colors. It was, it was a beautiful coat. It was a, it was a coat of distinction. It was, it was a coat of, of definition. Amen. 
It was a, a code of identity. It identified him among his brethren. Amen. It, it, it exalted him in his father's eyes. Amen. Because when you have a relationship with the father, he will favor you. Come on. He will bless you. He said those things you do in secret, God will reward you openly. Come on. He will show his favor upon your life. He, he'll bless you. He'll separate you. He'll, he, he'll elevate you. Come on. He, he, will make you. he will make you a light and an example of those round and about you. But there's something about the favor of God that makes people that don't have it hate you. Amen. There's, there's something about the favor of God in your life sometimes that makes the people that don't have it just hate you that much more. Amen. And the Bible says that they hated him the more. Amen. But uh, uh, they hated him. They, they, they came against him. They, they, they began to devise ways how they could destroy him. They began to ponder, what can we do? Amen. Uh, I'm tired of Joseph. Amen. I'm tired of the goody two-shoe. Amen. I'm tired of getting told on all the time. I'm tired of dad celebrating him all the time and giving him all the education. If I had the, the, if I had the opportunities that he had, what could I be? Come on, somebody. If I had the opportunities that he had, what could I become? Amen. But I want to tell you this morning, Joseph was set apart because not necessarily for uh, the heart of the father toward him, but his heart toward the father. Amen. He had a desire to serve to serve the Lord and to do God's will and to become what God wanted him to become. Amen. And even though his brothers hated him and even though that, that, that they came against him and uh, the father was pulling him close, but other people were coming against him. Come on. The father was lifting him up, but, but, but the people around him were trying to tear him down. In the midst of the struggle, Joseph began to dream. Amen. And what I noticed when I was pondering this this week, I haven't preached on Joseph for a long time. I haven't even read the story, but the Lord led it to me this week in my devotion. And, and I began to read about Joseph and the things Joseph went to. And what stuck out in my mind the most this week was when Joseph, when the, when the father gave him the coat, and even though the brothers were against him, amen, the, the, his closeness to the father, I believe, is what caused him to start to dream. Amen. I believe that it was the closeness to the father, the, the, his father, his, his, his elder. Come on. The closeness to the father. How many know the father is a representative of where they've been and the lineage of the family? Come on. He's a representation of where God had brought them from and where he's taken them. And Joseph got close to daddy because he understood if we're going to have a future, I got to take what daddy has and I got to walk it into the future. Amen. And when he got close to the father, the, he began to dream. When he got close to daddy and dad put that code of identity upon him, all of a sudden there was a connection with heaven. All of a sudden there was a connection with the prophetic. There was a connection with something that did not come from him, but it was something that was above him. It was a connection that's something that was beyond him. It was a connection with the eternal word of God. And I want to tell you this morning, the closer you get to God, you're going
You're going to start dreaming things you never dreamed before. You're going to start doing things you've never done before. You're going to start feeling things you've never felt before. Because when you get close to the Creator, you have no choice but to get pulled toward His purpose. Amen. The closer you get, you begin to see it. Amen. You get in the house of God. Uh, uh, you haven't been to church in a while. Amen. You, you, you start going away from uh, the plan of God and the purpose of God. And you start coming up with your own plans and your own ideas and your own will. And what's going to make you happy and what I want to do and where I want to go. But the moment you step back into the church and you hear the preaching of the word of the Lord. And you hear, feel that anointing start on the top of your head and go down to your feet. You start feeling that purpose rise up on the inside and you know that you might have left the site where you could see him, but you never left the place where he could see you. And that purpose, whether you want it or not, or whether you feel it or not, it is still on you. Amen. It's there. Amen. The closer you get. Amen. That's why in the, in the book of Acts, when, when the outpouring of the Holy Ghost happened and, and the people around saw uh, the, the disciples, they're speaking in other tongues and they're acting a fool. And they started pointing at him and laughing at him and saying, uh, uh, these men are drunk. Amen. And Peter stood up with the 11 and he said, these are not drunk as you suppose because it's just the third hour of the day. But understand, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel that in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Amen. When you get close to the moving of the Spirit of God, there's a creativity that's loosed. Come on. There is, there is, a, there is a creativity that's loosed with God because how many know He's the Creator? Amen. When he began to speak his word in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, he began to say, let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. And as he began to command the words, it began to come to pass. Come on. As he began to speak it, it shall become that which he called it. Amen. It had no choice but to be what he called it to be because he is all powerful and he's all knowing. And as he speaks, it becomes. I want to tell you today that the world that he created is what it is because of the word of God that spoke it. We know that through faith, the world was framed by the word of God. Amen. The world and all that's in was framed by the spoken word of God. Amen. How many know that the word of God is not only creative, but it is prophetic. What's that mean? What's it mean for something to be prophetic? It's future. Amen. It's, it's, it's future tense. Amen. It's, it speaks about what will be. Come on. It speaks about what it will become. Amen. It, the, the word of God is future for us. Amen. How many know that he's declaring the ending from the beginning? Amen. 
it's not future for him, but it's future for us because he is outside of time. Amen. He's at the end of the story pulling us to him. And we are walking our way through time trying to get to eternity. And he's pulling us one step at a time toward the eternal purpose. And we're in the middle of time. And so for us, where God is, is always future. Somebody say amen. The prophetic is important. Amen. It's important for us and it's important for the will of God in the earth. Somebody say amen. In Isaiah 42, 8, he said, I am the Lord. That is my name. Somebody say that's his name. And my glory will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass. And new things do I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. That's powerful. Amen. Isaiah 48 and 3, he said, I have declared the former things from the beginning. And they went forth out of my mouth and I showed them. I did them suddenly and they came to pass. Amen. He's speaking against graven images and all the other gods in the earth. And he says, produce your cause, saith the Lord. Bring forth your strong reason, saith the king of Jacob. Let them bring them forth and show us what shall happen. Let them show the former things, what they be, that we may consider them and know the latter end of them. Or declare us the things for to come. Show the things that are to come hereafter, that we may know that ye are gods. Basically what he's telling them, you tell me what's going to happen and I'll believe you that you are God. Amen. But if you don't know and you can't declare the ending from the beginning, then you're not the creator and you don't have the power to bring forth the things that you say you do. Amen. And he's telling Israel, you need to get off of listening to people that serve other gods. You need to get away from listening to other voices and understand that I am the one true God. Come on. Because the word of God is prophetic. Amen. It speaks about the future. It speaks about what will be. Amen. And I'm here to tell you today that when you get close to the Lord, you will feel the pull of your future. Amen. It doesn't matter what state you're in this morning. It doesn't matter what your present circumstances are dictating. When you get close to God, He will begin to speak about your future. It may not look bright right now, but I'm telling you, you get close to the Lord and He'll break chains and He'll deliver you and He'll bring you out with a strong arm because no one can stand against the word of the Lord. Come on, you don't need more counseling. Come on, you don't need more classes. You need a word from God. Hey Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Listen to this. After challenging the false gods, Isaiah, to prove themselves by giving and fulfilling prophecies. God predicted that he would send Israel 
back from captivity through a future leader named Cyrus. What makes this prophecy more interesting is the fact that Israel had not yet been exiled to Babylon. To the Israelites, Israel must have, uh, Isaiah must have appeared crazy. The book of Isaiah was written between 739 and 681 B.C. In Isaiah 39, Isaiah actually prophesied to Hezekiah that in a later generation, Babylon would take Judah into exile. Then he prophesied that Cyrus, the king of Persia, would send Israel back to their land to rebuild it, which happened in 538 B.C. Isaiah gave this prophecy approximately a hundred years before Cyrus was born. And almost 150 years before he ruled. Come on. Because there is a prophetic nature of the word of God. We can trust it. Amen. If God spoke it, we can trust it. If he spoke it, we can bank on it. We can build our foundation upon it. We can build our life upon it. Because we know no matter what happens, the word of the Lord is going to stand forever. The earth and all that is is going to pass away. But he said, my word shall never pass away. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Amen. Man, when you get close to the Lord, you start feeling things. Come on. Don't you, Zach? You start feeling things you've never felt. Amen. You start hearing things you've never heard. Come on, you start feeling the anointing of the Lord calling you to be something that you never thought that you would be. Come on. I told, I told everybody around me, I will never be a preacher. Come on. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to do that. That's not what I want to do with my life. But the, every time I went to the house of the Lord, the purpose of the Lord began to settle upon me. Amen. The anointing of the Holy Ghost fell on me. And I began to say things that, 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 that weren't of me and do things that weren't of me. But it was placed in purpose. Because when God gets a hold of your life, you will become what the potter has in mind. Amen. So we stumble about and we try to find our way and our place in the world. And we try to get an education and we try to follow athletics. Come on. I'm an athlete too. For, well, former. The former things are passed away. <laughs> Amen. We stumble about trying to find our way and our place in the world. Come on. Trying to, uh, like, like the man, the blind man groping along the wall, thinking that we're going to find it ourselves. Amen. And thinking that we're going to be happy in it. And we can't understand why we're so unfulfilled. And we can't understand why we can't find any satisfaction. Come on. We can't understand why we can't be happy like everybody else. I want to tell you this morning, you're not like everybody else. When the call of God is on your life uh, he's going to pull on you he's not going to let you be happy with things that are less uh, than what he has purposed for your world that's good preaching somebody say that's good preaching man there's purpose in this building this morning man I feel it it's in this place I believe every person in this building has purpose on them 
Amen. You keep trying to push it away and you keep trying to do something else. But every time you step into the house of the Lord, you feel it again. Every time you get close to the Lord in prayer, you feel it again. Because no matter where you go or what you do, your God's in his hands on your life. And he's, he wants you to be truly and completely happy and blessed in this world. Amen. Uh, the closer Joseph got to daddy, he began to dream. Amen. What is a dream? If you look up that word in the Strong's, it means it's not just a dream. You know, because I have dreams and I, I wake up and I'm like, that was baloney. That was a pizza dream. That was a taco dream. The worst is that was a Chipotle dream. <laughs> and I woke up with a bellyache. I'm sorry, Carol. <laughs> That's on live stream. I just bashed him on live stream. Probably get sued. No, they'll probably say, Amen, brother. I had me some bad burritos. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> You've had some dreams where you thought, man, what was that? Right? And you just discard it. Because you know that it was nothing. But then there's dreams. That are sent from the throne. And when Joseph began to get close to the Father, he began to dream. He began to get access to the Word of the Lord for his life. Amen. He began to see himself being elevated. He and his brothers are standing with sheaves and and. All of a sudden, his sheave of weed is lifted up and their sheaves begin to bow to his sheave. Amen. And those of us that know the story of Joseph understand what that dream means. Amen. But if you're walking it out in real time, amen, you believe God has, he believed that God had given him a word for his future. And he began to tell his brothers about the dream that God had given them. Well, they didn't take too kindly of being told that they're going to bow down to their brother. Amen. They, they hated him the more. The more dreams he had, the more they hated him. Amen. I want to tell you that the carnal man knoweth not the things that be of God. The only way you're going to know the things that be of God is through the Spirit of God. Come on. And when the Spirit of God begins to move in your life, uh, yeah, the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. But you begin to tell what God is showing you for your future to people that don't understand. And they'll look at you like you're crazy. In fact, they'll begin to despise you in their hearts because they don't understand the word of God for your life. And they begin to war against Joseph. Amen. They came up with a plan. We're going to kill him. Done with Joseph. Joseph's done. Somebody say Joseph's done. Amen. He come out to check on his brothers. Here he comes skipping. I just see him skipping down the path. 
Just a happy-go-lucky Joseph with his coat of many colors. Amen. Daddy's favorite. Doing the Carlton dance. Now that's funny. Come on. You young guys probably don't even know who Carlton is. There's a generational gap here. I'm trying to cross over. <laughs> I wish I could do it because that would make this go across a little bit better probably. Can you do it? I'll bring you up here. You can do it right now. Show your moves. Here he comes, and they've made a plan that they're going they're to take care of him. They're going to kill him. And, and Reuben steps up his oldest brother, and he's like, man, you're not killing him. You can't kill him. You want his blood to be on your hands? Plus, I'm the oldest. So who do you think is going to pay for this? It's going to be me. You're not killing him. You better come up with something else. So they get him and they want to kill him. They strip him of his coat. And they throw him in a pit. Joseph has no clue what's happening. Amen. He loved his brothers. He thought his brothers loved him. And he's yelling from the pit. Hey, I'm your brother. Don't, what, what are you doing? I'm, I'm your brother. Come on. Don't, don't do this to me. What did I do? Why do you hate me so much? And they, they see a, a band of Ishmaelites coming, going to Egypt. And so they, they, they get together and they talk about it. Say, we'll just sell him to this caravan going to Egypt. And that'll be the end of him. We won't have to worry about Joseph anymore. Amen. Because people that don't understand how powerful God is and His Word is, they will try to do things to destroy it. They will try to do things to stop it. But no matter what they do, no matter what plan they try to come up with in their mind to keep it from happening, no matter how wise they think they are, they cannot keep it from happening. Somebody say they can't keep it from happening. They sell him into, and here he is, he's tied up. And he's being led away by this, he's a slave now. He's no longer uh, Joseph, the favorite son. He had been stripped of that coat. They took his coat. Somebody say they took his coat. They took his coat of identity. They took his coat of favor. They took his coat of definition, and now he's naked without daddy's coat on his way to Egypt down a road that he's not sure what the ending is going to be. Come on. Now, all of a sudden, he finds himself in a situation where he's going somewhere that he didn't ask for. He's going somewhere he didn't purpose to happen. He's going somewhere that he don't want to go. Amen. That he don't want to be. He wants to stay there with his brothers and with his family and live out his days 
serving his father. But how many know that God had a different plan? And even though it looked like there was evil happening to Joseph, we have to understand the word of God for his life. It's going to it's gonna triumph and trump every spirit of comfort, every plan and, and, and definition that we have for ourselves. It's going to override everything that we think is going to happen. And it's going to happen the way that God planned it. And even though he didn't understand it and he didn't want it, what he didn't understand is that train going to Egypt was a vehicle that God used to take him to his destiny. And the whole time he's fighting against it. He's pulling against it. He's praying against it and not understanding that the will of God was still on track for his world. Come on. How can being pulled away from my family be God's will? Come on. How can being pulled from my family and pulled from my daddy and pulled from my mama, how, how can be being pulled away and, and ripped apart and, and being abandoned by my brothers, how can that be the will of God? How can betrayal be the will of God for my life? Come on. How can being stabbed in the back be the will of God for my life? I want to tell you right now, when the purpose of God's on your life, his, your future is in His hands. Your future and your life is in His hands. And I believe that you're on a fast track to the will of God. Amen. Amen. Joseph didn't understand it. The Bible says when he got to Egypt, notice how the focus stays on Joseph. Because when the brothers betrayed him and sent Joseph away, the focus went with him. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? Amen. They got left in the dust. Amen. Because the will of God went with Joseph. Amen. People can't stop the will of God from happening. They can't keep it from happening. They might try. Come on. Uh, and some of us are even questioning the things, the path that we've had to walk and not understanding why I end up here. And I'm going to tell you right now, God knows what he's doing. Amen. God knows what he's doing. Hey man, when he's got a plan for your life, it's beyond you. You're not going to understand it. You're not going to be able to reason it out. You're not going to be able to see the total ending. But when he's given you a word for your life, you stand on it. You stand on it. You stand on it. And you proclaim it in the midst of your circumstance that the word of God shall prevail. Amen. Joseph went to Potiphar's house, was bought by Potiphar. The Bible says that the favor of the Lord fell on Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake. <laughs> Man, so beautiful. For Joseph's sake, Potiphar began to get blessed. He bought the right slave. <laughs> he bought the right slave. Amen. He, he, well, we don't know who's sitting in this congregation this morning. 
Come on, you don't really understand the purpose of God that's in this place today. Amen. We, 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 it's yet to be revealed the things that He has for us in our futures. Come on, it's hard to tell the things that He wants to do through you. Amen. We could have a Paul sitting amongst us. Come on, we could we we could have a, we could have an apostle sitting among us, a, a, a John, a, 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 the Revelator sitting amongst us. Come on, somebody that's going to write multiple books, somebody that's going to be used greatly of the Lord. You don't know what God is wanting to do in your life there's purpose Joseph in the day to day it seemed like it was lost because now he's a slave in the house of a man that don't even know who he is man all it seemed like everything that daddy the purposes that daddy had for him is lost Seem like it's gone. Unrecoverable. Amen. I can never go back. I can, I can, I can never get back on track. Think about it. Cleaning the floors. Going from being daddy's favorite to having blisters on his hands. Wow. Amen. Struggling. Is everybody okay this morning? Struggling to make it through in the day by day. But as, as every day went, Joseph got more and more favor with Potiphar. Amen. He, he was a trustworthy guy. The favor of the Lord was upon his life. And, and Potiphar began to see the blessing of God upon his life. And he put everything that he had control over under Joseph's care. He didn't even know what was going on in his own house. Joseph knew. Joseph handled everything. He didn't even know what he had. Joseph took care of it. Amen. He understood. He, he trusted Joseph. Joseph was Joseph was was trustworthy. He was dependable. Come on. Uh, he, he, he was he was fulfilling and faithful to, to the to the man that he had been put under. Joseph's favor. There was a woman. There's always a woman. Now, the right woman, that's what we're after. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen. But he that just finds a woman, come on. That was somebody else's wife. And that's never right. I don't care how you try to slice it. Adultery and fornication is wrong. If you're living in it, you're out of God's will. Boy, it got quiet. Somebody say amen. Whew, I felt some kickback there. Maybe I'll just stay there for a little bit. Make everybody a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Preaching's fun sometimes. She said, hey, Joseph. Look good in that outfit. Joseph's like, what? Excuse me? She's day, the Bible says day after day. Day after day. She kept trying to push his buttons. She kept trying to 
trying to get in the door. Amen. She kept trying to uh, get close to him so that she could steal the coat that he's recovered. Amen. He showed up naked, but now he's wearing the coat of favor again. The Bible says that she, one day he showed up at the house and none of the men's servants was in the house. Just the wife. Big mistake. Let me tell you, men, women, we need to have more integrity than that. I show up here at the church to do my thing. And if there's a woman in this building, I leave. Amen. We can't be uh, stupid. Joseph just showed up there to do his business, the Bible says. He was there to fulfill the business of his master. He went in the house and she was waiting on him. She got him in the dark corner somewhere. And she started trying to Make her move. Joseph Sykes, hold on a minute. He, your husband has put everything that he cares about under my care. And he's given me everything except you. You're his wife. And you would think that I would do this wickedness against my God? Bible says she wouldn't take no for an answer. He had to wiggle his way out of the predicament that he was in. He pulled himself away from her. And in doing so, he lost his coat. And now she's got evidence that Joseph, because there's only one man that wears that coat. Joseph. Potiphar comes home when she's laying on her bed crying. Oh. <laughs> You'll never believe what Joseph tried to do. Potiphar says, throw him in prison. Amen. Put him in prison. They go get Joseph, coatless. Throw him in prison. Amen. I can imagine his thought process. Can I do anything right? Right? What, is, what does this mean? What, how, who, who's the problem here? It seems like that I'm always the problem. I'm the one that always ends up in the mess. Come on. I, I, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to fulfill the will of God for my life. I'm trying to hold on to the dream, but it's getting hard. Amen. Because now I find myself in another place that I don't want to be in. Amen. But we have to understand that the, the word of God and the plan of God for our life is bigger than our plan for ourselves. And too many times we get caught up in what we're comfortable in and what we're uncomfortable in and what we like and what we don't like. And we get caught up in, well, if it's a, if it's a place that I dislike and it's a place that's uncomfortable for me, it must not be God's will for my life. But I think our, 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 our thinking's all messed up. I think we sometimes we need to be put in uncomfortable situations so the will of God can come to fruition in our world. Amen. Somebody say amen. Joseph uh, was in prison. 
And I believe we looked this up one time and it was like 11 years. Like 11 years he was in prison. 11 years. He was in prison for something that he did not do. All right. He was wrongfully accused. He was betrayed by his brothers, thrown in a pit. He was wrongfully accused and put in prison. How can this be the will of God for my life? Come on. Can you imagine the dark nights in the dungeon? Amen. The, 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 the prisons back then were uh, abhorred. They, they, were, they were terrible. There was no electricity. They didn't have what we have today. Nice soft beds. Come on. Uh, uh, water for their showers and, and, and a place to go to the restroom and, 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 and you know, lights to, to write and to read good books and to get education. No, no, no. They were, they were abhorred by society. They had the, the, the bare minimum to eat and the bare minimum to survive and the bare minimum of, of affection and communication with people and he's stuck in a dungeon for 11 years and seemingly forgotten about by God and seemingly forgotten about by the plan of God and all of a sudden he's thinking maybe that the plan of God has ha, that he has stepped out of it or, or he had been forgotten in the plan of God and that dream can never come to pass while I'm in here. Think about the wasted time. I was pondering this this morning in prayer. The wasted time. The time, I think it was like 17 years from the time he was sold to the time he actually got called to Pharaoh's house. It was 13. 13 years. And he was 30. Yeah. 13 years. And so Joseph is in, he, he, he's in prison and he's in Potiphar's house 13 years of his life. Okay. So 13 years it took before the baker and the cupbearer came from the king. Right. Uh, those of you who don't know the story, I'll tell, I'll tell it to you in a minute. But it was 13 years from the time that he got sold to the time where he got elevated, okay? And, and it took that long for all of the pieces to get into place. It took that long for everything to be set up the way that God had purposed it before he could be released for his destiny. It took that long for him. He had to marinate in the prison. Come on. And you think about the timing of God and the purpose of God. And sometimes we deem our struggles of trying to find the will of God and trying to live right and trying to do right as wasted time. But I want to tell you this morning that God is bigger than our wasted time. He's bigger than the years that you thought were a waste of time until you finally saw the light. Because he knew what it was going to take to bring you to the point to where he can draw you to an altar of repentance. And he could pour the Holy Ghost out upon your life. I don't deem it as wasted time. I believe that God knows. Somebody say God knows. Amen. Joseph's in the prison and the Bible says that he becomes the head over the prison. Man, if we can't take anything else from this, Joseph was excellent. 
Joseph was an excellent person. He was a, he was a person of detail. He, he did what needed to be done. He fulfilled what needed to be fulfilled. He was trustworthy. Amen. You could depend on Joseph. People that you can depend on get elevated. Don't they? Because the best ability is availability. Amen. You got to be available. Joseph was elevated in the prison, head over the prison. He, the, 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 the keeper of the prison put everything in his care. When you have a Joseph alone for the ride, you don't have to worry about the duties. Joseph will take care of it. Amen. He put all the duties under Joseph. Joseph made sure everything was taken care of. And the keeper of the prison just propped his feet up. Amen. <laughs> right? Joseph was, he was, he was excellent. And so there was a, the baker and the, the cupbearer were sent to prison from Pharaoh's house. And they were both uh, in trouble, big trouble. Well, they had, they both had a dream. And they were sitting one morning and they were talking about their dreams. And the baker had a dream and the, the, the cupbearer had a dream. The cupbearer had a, had a dream that Pharaoh was drinking out of his cup again. And, and uh, the, the baker had a dream that the crows came and, and ate his bread and, and uh, really destroyed it. And Joseph said, hey, if you want to know the interpretation of those dreams, God has gifted me in that area because I'm a dreamer. And they said, okay, go ahead. Well, he told the cupbearer first, you know, you're... In three days, you're going to be restored. You're going to be back in Pharaoh's court serving Pharaoh. It's like, great. That's awesome. So the baker's like, all right, all right. He got a good report. Tell me mine. In three days, you're going to be executed. How many know that it was fulfilled the way that Joseph? And he told the cupbearer. When you go, don't forget about me. I'm wasting away down here. Don't forget about me down here. I feel like I'm, my life's being wasted in this dungeon. Don't forget. Well, in the meantime, Pharaoh had a dream. Somebody say, Pharaoh had a dream. <laughs> How many know dreams connect dreamers? <laughs> That's a message in there somewhere. Pharaoh had a dream about three, seven fat cows and, and then uh, they're feeding on lots and lots of corn and then uh, seven lean cows come and the wind blows all the corn away and the seven lean cows devour the seven fat cows and, and uh, nobody can interpret the dream for Pharaoh, even his magicians. Because when it's a dream from God, you need a word from the Lord. Amen. You need somebody that's connected to God's word. Somebody say amen. God's spirit. And so the, the cupbearer throws himself out there, puts himself out there and says, hey, there was a man when I was in prison that interpreted my dream that I had and it came to pass. And so did the baker. Uh, just like he said, it happened. Just like he said. Pharaoh said, call him. So here they come all at once. They drag Joseph out of prison. He's like, 
They throw him in a bath. Thank the Lord for baths. <laughs> Nobody even smiled. Think about he had to be dirty. Probably hadn't had a bath in years. They cut his matted hair. They shaved his face. They put him on a new change of clothes. And they said, the king's calling for you. Joseph's like, wow. What is this all about? He comes and Pharaoh says, I've had a dream and I've been told that you can interpret dreams. And he says, I can't interpret them, but God will give the interpretation. Amen. Somebody say, God will give it. He tells him the dream and Joseph begins to, to interpret the dream as the words come from God. The seven cows represent seven years, right? And there's going to be seven years of plenty where you're going to have more than enough. Amen. Your fields are going to flourish. There's going to be plenty of rain and the, the cows are going to be fat and flourishing. But then after the seven years of plenty, you're, there's going to be seven years of famine. Famine likes never been seen upon the earth and it's going to devour everything of substance. And so what I propose that through the seven years of plenty that you put aside a fifth part of all that you take in in those seven years and, and put it in storehouses and get a job man to look over the storehouses and you will have plenty of food to get you through the drought when the seven of lean, seven lean years come. Wow. Pharaoh's like, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. A prophetic word. Amen. That the Lord gave him. Amen. Standing in the court of the king. Come on. The most powerful man in the earth at that time. Amen. He's standing before the most powerful man with control over more than, than, than anything he could possibly fathom. And that man looks at him and said, okay, I'm going to choose you. You're the man. Because the idea that you come up with is the idea that he puts you in charge of. Amen. The idea that he brings through you is the idea that he will put you over. Amen. I want to tell you today, the creativity of the Lord and the favor of God was upon Joseph. And in one day, he was elevated from, from prison status to being second in command. What a miracle. What a miracle. But that's not the end of the story. Man, I got to hurry up. Is it 1230? a long story what can I say nobody's really falling asleep I don't think boy sleep there give him an elbow wake him up tell him he's almost done <laughs> oh. oh man it's so fun and so Joseph now, he's, he's in control over all the food. And there's a famine in the land. And everybody in the land is starving. And everybody's coming to Egypt for food. And it's the plan that God brought through fruition, to fruition through Joseph's life. Everybody in the known world's coming to Egypt for food. Amen. And there's food there because of Joseph. 
Joseph's second in command in all of Egypt. And all these people are coming. Joseph's in charge of it. They're coming to him for the food. One day he's sitting there and he's, he's watching over all the operation. And he sees some folks that he recognizes. His brothers. The same brothers that stripped him of his coat and threw him in the pit and sold him into slavery. Right? But as he's sitting there looking at them and watching them, you know, he, he's, he's, he's getting angry. But when you're in a position like that, you can't really get mad. Because look what God has done. Right? As they're sitting in front of him and he's watching them, he could understand what they were saying. Because he was a Hebrew. And they're speaking in the Hebrew language. But he's also fluent in the Egyptian language. So he can understand what the Egyptians are saying and he can understand what the, is, the Israelites are saying. And so he's sitting there listen, listening to them and they don't know that he can understand what they're saying, right? <laughs> he's got some serious power here. Amen. He's, he's in control of this situation. He, he has them pulled in. He pulls in, pulled into his cord and and he begins to talk with them and talk with them through an interpreter. Okay? But he knows what they're saying. He knows what they're talking about. He, he, he can hear their private conversations and knows what they're saying. Amen. And so he begins to feel them out and push them a little bit. He begins to bless them. Amen. Do you have another brother? You have another brother at home. Amen. Knowing that Benjamin had been born to his mother, Rachel. Right? And he tells them, if you, when, you, when you go home, bring back. The only way you're going to get more corn is if you bring your brother. Amen. And so they, they go home and they, they eat all their corn. And the Bible says, when the bags got empty. There come a time when the bags got empty. And they begin to dig at the bottom of the barrel. And they begin to say, oh no, we got to go back to Egypt. Right? They could go to the father. We got to take Benjamin with us. He's like, no, 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 no. Last time I left you in care of one of my sons, look what happened. They're like, I promise you, we'll bring him back. We'll give our lives for him if we have to. But we're not going to get corn without Benjamin. Amen. So they bring him back and, 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 and. They, he pulls them into the, his court, begins to bless them and feed them. And the Bible says that he gives Benjamin five times what he gave his brothers. He's provoking them. Amen. Let's see if they're still jealous. Let's see if they still have that jealous spirit. Let's see if they still can't stand for their little brother to be blessed. Come on. So, so he gave them a little bit of food, but he gave Benjamin five times. Are you done already? Man, I got plenty left over. I think I'm going to get me a box and take some of this home. Right? Hey, man. 
They're sitting watching, but none of them get upset, and none of them, you can see, he can see their care for Benjamin, amen. He can see that they love Benjamin, that maybe they've learned their lesson, come on. And all of a sudden, uh, Joseph begins to have a little bit of compassion for them, amen. And, and, and he, he sends them away with their corn, but he sets them up again. He puts a, his silver cup in Benjamin's bag. And as they're going down the trail, here comes the guards, their chariots, and the military, and they pull them over and get out and put your hands on your head. Everybody on the ground. One of you has stole the, the king's cup. can search everything that we have. Search all the bags, but when they get the Benjamins, there it is. So they, they say, we're, we're ordered to take this guy back to the king's house. So they take a little brother now. Okay. Now he's really testing them because he's seeing if whether or not they, they, they love Benjamin or they still love themselves more. Amen. And so they're like, no. They, they come back to the court and they say, no, my Lord, don't take him. My father, it'll kill my father if you take him. Take me instead. They start giving their, trying to put their lives out there for their little brother. They start, they start fighting for the life of their, their little brother, which is, which is Joseph's full brother. Amen. It's his full brother by Rachel. He, she only had two sons. And so Joseph starts weeping in front of them and he goes back into the back and he can't contain himself because he's, he's starting to feel compassion for his brothers because their hearts have changed. Amen. And so he comes out. And they're all standing before him. He's the king. Somebody say, he's the king. And he says, takes off his hat, and he begins to speak to them in their own language. I am your brother, Joseph. And they did exactly what you're doing right now. I'll be looking for the exit. All right, how many of these guards am I going to take out on the way out of here? Right? I'm following Zach. Hey, when I say break, we run. And I'm following you. You just run them over. They're like, did he just say he's doing it? He gonna kill us. He had every right. Every right to be angry. But look what the Lord had done. And they're so covered with fear, they could not even see the dream. They couldn't see the dream. Because the dream's being fulfilled right in front of their eyes. 
as they're begging for the life of their brother on their knees. Come on. Begging. He's giving them sheaves of wheat to take home so they can feed their families. They're, 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 they're begging the king for their life, but they don't know that God had elevated their brother that they sold into slavery to second in command in Egypt because when God does his work, he does it perfect and he does it in perfect timing. He's the author and he's the finisher of our faith and without fail, he will keep his word because it's an eternal word. It's a promised word and it will not return void, but it will accomplish all that he sent it to. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, but you don't have to worry about it because what you meant for evil, what you meant for evil, God has turned it around for my good. What you meant for evil, God has used me to save my whole family. Come on, stand with me all around the building and lift your hands to the Lord and thank God for his word. Thank God for his word. Hey man, what the devil meant for evil, God can turn it. What he meant to destroy you, God can use it. What he meant to take you to prison, God can use it to change the world. Come on, what he used to hurt your body, God can use it to bring healing to others. What the devil used to bring scars to you can bring deliverance to other people. He said, I was wounded for your transgressions. Bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement of your peace was laid on me. And by my stripes, you were healed. Come on. Maybe that time that you deem is wasted. That God's going to use that to be the answer to somebody's prayer. Come on. He's going to use that as an answer to somebody's prayer that's going through the same thing that you went through. That's struggling with the same things that you struggled with. Well, how is that going to happen? Just get close to God. Come on, just get close to God. Just get close to the Father. Let Him speak His Word into your life. Let Him speak prophetically into your world. Let Him touch you. Come on, let Him put His coat of favor upon you. And watch what God does in your world. I believe that there's people that, that God's going to raise up in this place this morning. There's going to be a spirit of creativity that's going to fall on you. Hey man, we shouldn't be singing somebody else's songs. We should be writing our own songs. Come on. There was a time in my ministry where I heard a good word and I got a revelation from somebody else and I preached their revelation. But there was a moment in my world when I got close to God and I began to preach what God spoke to me. Because when you get close to the Lord, it's inevitable. Amen. He's going to start pulling you to your purpose. He's going to start speaking about your future. Your past can't keep you for what God has for you. 
Come on. The prison can't keep you from what God has for you. Your brother's hatred can't keep you from what God has for you. All the people in the world can rise up against you, but they can't stop the word of God for your life. It will prevail. Is there anybody in the building this morning that wants to say, God, I want your purpose for my life. I've struggled to find it. I've struggled to get close to it. I feel what you mean, preacher, when you say at times you're close to it. You can see it so clear, but then you begin to step away from it and it gets obscure and you begin to doubt the word of God for your life. Today is a day that God wants to call you to remembrance. He wants to remind you of his word for your life. Come on, that word that he wants to speak over you again and again and again. And he wants to pull you to your destiny that he has prepared from the foundation of the world. It's not something he's guessing at. It's certain. It's been spoken in heaven. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Is there anybody this morning that would run to this altar and say, God, I want your purpose for my life, Lord. I want you to pull me, God. Use me, Lord. I don't care, God, what I got to go through. I don't care what I got to fight against, Lord. I need to know. I want you to whisper in my ear those things that you have purposed for my life. Come on. Uh, no devil in hell can stop it from happening. If you pursue God's word, you will find it. Come on, as we begin to sing this morning, why don't you come and pray for just a moment? I know I preached a long time. I know that I poured my heart out for a long time this morning. But just come and pray for a few minutes. Come and find a place where you, where God can pull on you, where God can remind you again. God, where he can, where he can echo that in your spirit, that word that he's spoken before. Where he can echo it in your spirit and remind you about the details of your calling. Amen. You're not just nobody. You're somebody in God's eyes and the Father has a word for you this morning an eternal word hallelujah yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord I will be what you call me to be hallelujah to the Lamb of God Yes, yes, yes. I need your purpose. I need your plan. Don't let me get too far away, God. Pull me back and remind me, Lord. Don't let me get my focus on other things, Lord. God, and slip away, God, from that call of God for my life, Lord. Give me the courage to stand for it. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.